Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. So, uh, as always, I am joined by the fantastic Kate Sitars. And today we have the pleasure of being joined by Stacey Corno, who is one of our star CCA students, as well as being one of our student coaches. So, hey, Stacey, how's it going? Hello, hello. It's going very well. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked yesterday and I love it. <laughs> it's a whole week of seeing each other. I love it. See ya. <laughs> Long time no um, chat. Long time no chat. It's been it's been hours. Um, now, Kate and I have the pleasure of, or have had the pleasure of, of getting to know you pretty well through our both our student coaching program and through our uh, CCA Next Level Mastermind, of which you are also a member. Um, but for those of for those listeners who are not in those programs or who have not had the chance to interact with you in the CCA Facebook group. Um, Tell us about yourself. What has your what has your journey been like to copywriting? All of that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Stacy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so my journey to copywriting um, started. Um, so I I went to school for public relations. I did a college diploma from 2013 to 2015. Um, an internship as part of that got hired out of that internship um, and then stayed in public relations, you know, did uh, three different in-house jobs. Um, But that was the start of my career. And then um, quit my last in-house job towards the end of 2019 uh, to finish a degree I had been working on part-time for a while. Um, And so started freelancing January 2020. <laughs> um, oh, hmm. I feel yeah. like something happened around then. Hmm. <laughs> Nothing that I can recall that would make a new freelancer nervous in any way. 
Um, so freelance part-time 2020 and 2021. And then in December, 2021, finally finished that degree. And so this year, 2022 is my first year of freelancing full-time. That's terrific. That's terrific. And so there actually, um, as you know, there are some some similarities between public relations and uh, copywriting. Um, some overlap in terms of really thinking with your audience in mind, what's going to be most valuable to them, all that kind of thing. Um, but what made you what made you interested in copywriting in particular? Um, so <laughs> uh, hopefully none of my former bosses are listening to this. Um, I always felt like my writing was my weakest skill um, throughout my career. Um, the the strat- I was great at the strategy stuff, uh, project management, platform management, the analytics, all of that um, came a lot easier. But then when it actually came time to doing the writing, um, it was very kind of features heavy writing, very outcome focused writing, not the kind of benefits or impact focused um, copy or even content that one would hope to see. Um, I think part of that is being (laughs) in-house and balancing 200 things at the same time. And sometimes you just need to get something off your to-do list. Um, But that's a really big part of why it got me interested in copywriting was seeing that it was one of the weaker skills of mine within my public relations tool belt and specifically wanting to improve that one. That's impressive. Good for you. Really good for you to go, "Hmm, I'm going to find something to, to tile this up. That's terrific. Yeah. Thank you. So when you were, when you were doing your degree programs, were there, was there anything in copywriting? Obviously you joined the CCA, but um, so what was that like that you did these degree programs? Did it touch on it? And then how did you find the CCA? Were you specifically searching for copywriting to fill this need that you identified? Yeah, that's an awesome question. My college diploma that was two years definitely had a focus on um, copywriting because you do so much of it um, in public relations. Um, My (laughs) university degree uh, did not. Uh, It was a very traditional, it was a degree in public relations, but it was uh, university. So it's much more the the theoretical Mm -hmm. side of things, um, writing and then like writing very long essays and things like that. So um, no copy to be found in that one. Um, But while I um, was thinking of leaving my last in-house job and then the before joining the CCA um, while still in school, I was looking into professional development programs specifically for writing. Um, I'll just be really blunt. A lot of them are like $4,000, $5,000 plus dollars. And when you work in-house, that's totally fine because your employer pays for it. But when you're a a new student, (laughs) you might not have the $5,000 or more for like uh, a certified um, uh, professional development program. Some of them are also many months long um, and they only happen like once or twice a year. So it's also not a ton of flexibility with them. Uh, So uh, I honestly got started getting... Facebook ads <laughs> from the CCA, probably because I was Googling so much about like writing and professional development. And um, what attracted me um, mostly was the flexibility of like the self-paced learning because I was already doing some freelancing. I was going to school. I couldn't take 
you know, three days a week off for six months to go do professional development or something like that. So um, that's how I came into the CCA. Terrific. Terrific. So now you are, you are full-time freelance now. Yes. Um, And you are, is it entirely copywriting or a little bit of dabbling in, not dabbling, you're not dabbling, but is it entirely copywriting or still a little bit PR and comms? I'd say it's probably a good 80 to 90% copywriting Mm -hmm. and that 10 to 20%, some of it would be be content like blogs um, because they're fun and easy to write. (laughs) So I'm like, sure, I'll write your blogs Um, um, on top of your copy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, part of that additional percentage would be kind of some of the broader comms items like... um, uh, helping them develop uh, like campaign strategies mm-hmm. or um, one of my clients currently is in the midst of doing um, a full website redesign uh, which is a, a massive project and I've been involved mm-hmm. in them when I was in-house so I rewrote the website and I'm now managing the vendor who is going to be redesigning and acting as like the liaison between the client and the vendor mm-hmm. um, but I say a good 80 to 90 percent is pure copywriting. That's terrific. That's terrific. Well, and, um, you know, I, I'm almost tempted to, to save it because the results are, are so good, but it's also so exciting that I want to talk about it right away. Um, you just recently shared with, uh, with the group, um, with the, the CCA Next Level group, what your results have been for the first half of the year, um, and also compared to, to what you made last year. Um, would you like to share, as much as you feel comfortable, of course, um, but would you like to share with, uh, with the audience? <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. Um, I'm pretty transparent when it comes to money, um, mostly because for, for various reasons, I think people tend to keep it to themselves, um, but sometimes it can put in a bit of a like illusion around freelancing that's mm-hmm. either significantly harder than it has to be, or that everyone makes like $400,000 in like two months. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Um, so I'm, I'm more than happy to share. So in my first year of freelancing, which was 2020, and at that point I was doing kind of any and everything under the comms sun. I just needed money while I was in school. Um, and I also wasn't planning on freelancing after I graduated. Hmm. Um, yeah, I was like, I'm going to get a real job. <laughs> I was one of those people. Oh, wait, this is a real job. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 2020, um, on average, worked about four days a week um, throughout the year and did about $63,000 gross Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2021, wanted a little bit more balance between work and school. <laughs> it was a lot. So on average was three days a week and did approximately $71,000 of gross income. And again, that's Canadian dollars. And then um, 2022, now full-time freelancing. Um, hours of the weeks have been a little bit all over the place. Um, more often than not, they sit around 40, but there, well, there was about two months that went around the 55 hour mark. Um, but so far in the first six months, it's been uh, approximately $113,000. Um, again, gross Canadian. Gross Canadian. And I know so, I'm saying, wow. And I know I knew the number, 
but every time it's a wow. So yeah, congratulations for first our American friends. Um, I really should have left the tab up because I did do the calculation before our American friends. Um, that is almost $88,000 in six months. Pretty amazing. And I've I guess I could do pounds as well, but then we go into Australia. It's complicated. But, <laughs> but we'll convert it all in the show notes. Yes. We'll, we'll break it up into yen and exchange rates vary. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you so much. So yeah, you've already blown it out of the water. That is incredible. Um, it is incredible. So obviously you are, I mean, that's incredible. Um, obviously you went from full time to but four days a week to like five days, you know, it wasn't a huge, huge jump. So what else besides that additional day really switched for you? What kind of led to this crazy progress? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, not to oversimplify it, um, but being strategic, uh, I decided towards, summer 2021 that I was going to continue freelancing once I finished school in December 2021. Um, I was like, I'm going to take it really seriously. I'm going to give a go at doing it as a full-time career. Um, And uh, before that, pre-summer 2021, I was just kind of taking any and all work, didn't have, um, I had joined the CC, I was in the CC at that point. So I was starting to to raise my rate, starting to get more focused on coffee, much more focused on coffee, but I was, there was still a bit of that scarcity mindset. I have to take just any projects people give me. I can't negotiate too much. Being in school at the same time really um, had um, a hand in that as well, because I had to, school is a priority. So any work I had had to fit around that. So like quick turnaround times and things couldn't happen. Um, so um, towards the end of 2021, I um, blazed through CCA, um, um, like kind of started taking it more seriously, kind of revisited action sheets, um, started taking freelancing more seriously, and then decided I'm going to uh, uh, not niche down. I'm going to focus on copywriting um, specifically. And then it was about fall 2021, September-ish of 2021, that I, I basically put together a business plan for 2022. Looking at it now, I'm like, oh, it's kind of more of a one pager than a plan, but okay. <laughs> but it was a starting point of what are my goals? What are my priorities? And then, you know, working back, like, then what are your objectives? How are you going to achieve those ones? Um, so that I didn't feel quite as kind of free floating in the freelance world. Um, so I started uh, pitching regularly last summer, um, put goals for myself of how many to send each week, how many like follow-ups, things like that. Um, so by about November, 2021, I had work lined up for the first couple months of 2022. Um, so I was kind of hitting the ground running in that way. And then that took a kind of weight off my shoulders when January hit, cause you're not starting the new year being like, Oh my gosh, I have to, I have to find work right now. I, 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 I can't rely on my student loans <laughs> anymore. Like I have, like, I just not, you don't scramble the brain, yeah. um, starting things off. So really getting, this is a very long answer to just say it's strategy, valuable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but getting really, really focused on what I wanted 
to achieve. I think it's really easy for folks to look at what everyone else is doing, look at what everyone else is achieving and say, I'm going to do that too. But it might not be what you want or need in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So really kind of looking more inward to say, what are my priorities? What are my actual goals? Okay, I have those on paper. Now let's work backwards to what do I have to do to achieve those things. And so when, um, you know, people in the group would be posting wins and sometimes again, posture syndrome of like, wow, they're doing phenomenal. And like, I haven't hit that yet or, or what have you be like, no, 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 no. Come back to your Mm -hmm. piece of paper. What are your goals? That's right. Not everyone's goals, not everyone's trajectory is going to look the same and that's okay. Um, and then creating kind of a concrete plan of, um, when do I, and this comes out of the, um, um, out of uh, working with the two of you, out of the CCA, out of the, the workbook, um, but when do I work best and not so great mm-hmm. <laughs> during the week in terms of energy, focus, creativity, um, really being honest with myself because I'm a bit of a workaholic. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kate and I both similarities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm trying to ease up as well on basing a lot of feelings of like self-worth on accomplishments or productivity. So being very honest in that, like, you're not going to accomplish, you're not going to work all Friday afternoon. You're going to work for like one hour. <laughs> so don't use Friday afternoon as a big work moment. Mm-hmm. So figuring out um, very honestly with your, myself, when do I work best? And then um, blocking off times within that to do certain tasks like research or writing or pitching or discovery calls and then testing it out uh, making tweaks along the way uh, but really kind of really sticking with it like if I'm going to commit to five pitches a week for example commit to five pitches a week obviously life things happen and if you need like a mental health day or if you know something unforeseen happened take a break because that's really important but motivation kind of wanes And if you're only doing things when you're motivated, it might be like one week out of the month. And if you're going to make it a career, I mean, we've all been there. We've all had a job where there's a day and you're like, I do not care. (laughs) I do not care about these emails. Don't care about my deadlines. Don't care about anything. But you have to get through it anyhow. And now it's much more so in my own hands as opposed to, you know, a boss kind of breathing down your neck being like, where is that thing? You're like, fine, let me tape it up. (laughs) Um, So strategy and self like accountability um, have been, I think, two of the the big, um, two of the big kind of successors Mm -hmm. uh, this year. That was a very long answer. No, (laughs) no, such a good good answer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot Um, And in fact, I would encourage everybody listening to go or watching to go back and listen to what Stacey just said again, because she gave a lot of really good action steps for how you can get to results. I don't want to say similar to hers, but, but get to your own successful results. Um, I want to point out too, I think it's, it's interesting for people hearing that, that you brought up imposter syndrome, you brought up imposter syndrome about mm, three to four minutes after you told us that you have made $113,000 Canadian dollars in the first half of this year. Um, I just, I want to, I just want to point that out to everybody listening because no matter who you are, because there are probably people who heard that and go, oh man, I haven't gotten there yet. Or will I ever get there? You know, it's, it's, 
it's not the mindset stuff. It's not stuff that you just graduate out of, right? You don't get to, well, now I made, I made a hundred thousand in six months. And therefore I never have any more imposter syndrome, or I never have any more problem sitting down and getting to work, or I never have to worry about not having clients or, you know, whatever, getting clients in or, or any kind of scarcity mindset ever again. So I did just want to point that out, um, that, that we, all of us mm-hmm. keep working through the mindset and the more we work through it, the better we get at it and the more comfortable and confident we get. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that has really helped me when it comes to imposter syndrome, not to make this a therapy session, um, <laughs> but um, something I found really helpful too, is that oftentimes when I'm, I'll only speak to my own experience, but when I'm feeling imposter syndrome, it's linked to feelings of like not being good enough or fear of failure or, or other things. Um, and for me, it's my brain's way of being like, oh, we're trying something new. This is really scary. Well, I don't know about this. Sound the alarms. I don't know what you're moving forward. So imposter syndrome comes up and it's like, mm, do you really think you can accomplish that? Maybe just go to the couch, wrap yourself up in a blanket, have some ketchup chips. Like, you, you, <laughs> like we're not moving forward with this. And so um, imposter syndrome, a lot of the times can like, come out as a lot of negative self-talk and a lot of beating ourselves up. But it's our brain's way of, of or my brain's way of, of being like, this is new and kind of scary. I don't know if this is the path we want to go on. And so for folks listening or watching, if you're able to kind of recognize that and take a step back, and then kind of <laughs> not to sound all like hooey, um, but to like honor your imposter syndrome or approach it in a more compassionate way to be like, thank you so much. I, I see you, I hear you, you are a valid. Uh, I understand where you're coming up and maybe at some point it served, it served a good purpose, mm, but it's just not the vibe <laughs> for the moment. So I'm gonna be scared and do the thing anyways. And you're gonna come along with me because we can't ignore you and you're not going to go away. So we're, go- we're going on this journey together, being scared and doing the thing anyways. Um, so for anyone listening, that's my tip when you get imposter syndrome, it's helped me a lot. <laughs> like your little buddy, you're, you're like, come on, me. we're going <laughs> to, let's go do this. Hop on, we're going to do it together. Yeah. Ride this roller coaster, <laughs> buckle up. It's <laughs> well, and one thing too, um, a system of yours that I know has, has impressed me and Kate and, uh, all of your, your fellow masterminders, um, is your, your color coding system for what you're working on in terms of projects, what's coming up, where your goals are, all that kind of thing. Can, so can you share with us a little bit about how you put that together, why it's worked well for you, all of that kind of thing? Yeah, of course. Um, so I based it off of the, um, workbook, um, in the CC, I use that as kind of my model. I find that workbook really helpful. I keep it in my desk drawer and regularly go back to it. Not to be too like, go download the workbook. Um, but <laughs> if you're someone who needs to like map out like I am, it is very helpful. The so right I start said, one, you're, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, the right For start For CCA students, it's in the special events in case, in case you're not sure what it was. Yeah. <laughs> So I decided to take it 100 steps further (laughs) for myself. Um, 
Um, Because I'm very much a visual person and something I struggle with also is scarcity mindset. Um, So trying to hoard projects um, or or gather up as many, that's maybe not a very generous way of saying it, but gathering up as many projects, as many clients as you can, because what if I don't get any next month or, you know, three months from now? And um, I'm a visual person, so if I don't see it, it doesn't exist (laughs) kind of a thing. Um, So I use uh, cue cards or index cards. Um, to map out different categories. Um, I have them in my hand, but I will obviously talk about them. So I have like a learning category, um, which is one color. I have my well-being category because uh, it was more personal related because I kind of started overworking and feeling burnt out. And that's just it's not the vibe of 2022, you know? <laughs> and then I have obviously my financial category. And then my final category is um, I added it the second time I did this, I do it each quarter. So business development for 2023. Um, so really starting to plan ahead. So in each category, I break down the biggest goal first. Um, so I'll use finances because it's just the most easy, it's the easiest one to talk about. Um, so if I, for financial, I want to make X amount in the year, break that down to X amount per month, figuring out uh, realistically, what does that mean for an hourly rate then? Because if you're like, oh, that means X amount per 40 hours, you are not working. <laughs> Ideally, you're not doing 40 billable, maybe like 35, 32, but a straight 40, then you're probably actually working maybe closer to 45, mm-hmm. 46, and breaking that down into, okay. What, what projects um, do, well, what, what have I already made this year? So um, total amount minus that amount. Okay, I still have this much left to make. So what projects do I have 100% confirmed? Either I've only invoiced for half of it, so I still have that money to come, or it's confirmed and hasn't started yet, or it's a retainer and I, I, I bill it out monthly, so that money's to come. And then from there, okay, I still need X amount, um, so mapping out, um, either repeat clients that I can come back to, to, to repitch or kind of the, the friendlies or the warms, um, of folks like maybe you work with them a year ago, or maybe it's, it's your friend who works somewhere new and you can be like, Hey, do you need a project? <laughs> Overflow work. I have an idea or pitch a project, like whatever. So you've got your warms and your friendlies. And then your, um, how I do is that my, my cold pitches. Um, so folks that don't know who you are, you've never spoken to them before, um, but you'd really like to work with them. I start based on like passion or interest. Um, Cause for me, it's just easier to pitch and to, to come up with ideas for those ones or industries that I haven't worked in before that I'd really like to. Um, and so each one of those is on a cue card. So I start very broad and I work, I whittle my way down to something very specific but I do that for every single category so that was an example of financial it's the same for well-being like I'd like to um I think one of my goals was like I'd like to by the end of the year kind of be trained up for like a five to ten k um being a little Mm -hmm. vague on that one but um I broke my foot last year so it's like (laughs) I don't want to be like I'm gonna run a marathon and like no I'm not (laughs) um so kind of again breaking that down because that helped me um, like with mental health and movement, it also means like work-life balance. Like I have to get out of the house to go do something. Yeah. Um, so kind of breaking it down into this is my big goal. 
okay, each week I'm going to go for, you know, three walks for the first three months. Then I'm going to do it, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'm going to go for a little walk. And on Fridays, as a treat, I'm going to pick myself up Starbucks <laughs> on my way back. That's like a little congrats for you, like hitting your goal. Um, and so I do that with every single one with all of the goals. And then um, what I did right now, I have, uh, they're just sitting outside of my desk. What I typically do is put them on the wall right next to my desk so that every day when I'm working, I see it. For me, it's very calming. For others, it could be a bit much, um, but it helps with that scarcity mindset, in particular when it comes to clients and money, and it helps remind myself of the need for balance. Um, Like, right, it's Friday afternoon. I don't work well on Friday afternoons. Why am I trying to tackle this right now? Because I'm already cranky. Or, right, it's Wednesday morning, and I can go for my walk. Okay, then I'm going to do it at lunchtime because Wednesday is walk day type of a thing. So for me, it helps kind of settle everything mm-hmm. like out really well. It helps with balance. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So, so well, much. I know you mentioned you nailed the project management thing at your pastoral. And I was like, <laughs> clearly, clearly she did. But that's so cool. I'm going to try that you. now, actually, to be honest. I need I need visual visual reminder to like to your pictures. point. I'm under sort get away from your desk. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Share a picture with yes. the group when I do it. Well, and I think too, you know, the thing about scarcity mindset is, is it's, it's a fear, right? It's, it's entirely emotional. So to go from like, well, I'm scared. No, I'm going to force myself to be positive. I'm going to force myself. It, it doesn't really work, but, but you can also know logically, emotionally, you might be going, what if there are no more clients ever again? Logically, you can go, well, there are literally millions of companies out there, of course, and you know how, you know exactly how to land these clients, but sometimes that logic and that emotion doesn't match up. So I think it's, I just really think it's impressive that you yeah. found a way to, to prove it to yourself in a way that, that your mind makes that connection because you're visual, you see it on the wall and that helps prove prove it to yourself so that you don't have to try to fight the emotions you you take in that input in the way that that works best for you I think that's so so smart it's it's helped so much because like we said um uh hit about 113 um I don't know I phrase it like that 113 <laughs> thousand so far this year I have approximately 30,000 lined up between now and the end of the year my goal is 150 so I'm only I, there's like exchange rates and this and that it's between kind of seven and nine ish thousand dollars away from hitting that goal and we're July 1st so if I can do 113 in the first half of the year I can probably pull another nine in the second half of the year. I think so. so. (laughs) Hopefully. Um, But without this system, I started realizing like I was getting really stressed out because I couldn't, I wasn't keeping track of like the income to come or those projects that's like it's booked, but for like two months from now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just getting really stressed out. And then I'd be like over pitch kind of, I always hit the deliverables, I always hit the deadlines, but overcommit in terms of my energy, my time. And so being able to map it out really just helped me take a big step back and be like, yeah, you, there's enough work you, and you can ramp up if you need to, mm-hmm. like, 
I'm proof of it. A lot of the other people on the podcast are also proof of it. Like you can ramp up. Yeah. <laughs> like you can ramp up pretty. I don't want to like belittle it, but you can ramp up pretty easily. Um, it takes effort, obviously, and planning, but it's not something like, uh, you know, it takes, takes nine months and then you've ramped up a tiny bit. Like you can ramp up within one to two months, like relatively easily. Yeah. Um, you are in control of it. You're not yeah. waiting for clients to find you. Yeah. It's you say, all right, I need to make more income. You sit down and you take the steps to make more income. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. I think something that um, I really benefited from when it comes to the CCA is that feeling of um, control in a positive way. I gained the confidence, the, the skill set to feel more in control of uh, my copywriting on the business side of things obviously grew my skills in terms of copywriting itself um but really grew my confidence when it came to the business side I was always really nervous about when it came to especially money um with clients I'd be, they'd be like we only have this budget and I'd be like oh okay, no, like, that's no problem like I don't like it's like one tenth of what I charge but like that's no problem like I'll just you know don't want to be weird um and I didn't have like the confidence of like I have X, I have X number of years of public relations experience, but also like this additional um, training from the CCA, um, all this new knowledge from the CCA. And I still didn't feel super like when I was first kind of um, kind of like mid 2021, like first starting to like um, do more pitching and stuff like that. And um, so one of the benefits I gained was that sense of confidence of this is your business put your CEO hat on, put imposter syndrome right in the seat next to you. She's your buddy. Mm-hmm. You are your co-CEOs at this point <laughs> and do this scary thing anyways. But it gave me the sense of um, knowledge and confidence to say, I have a better understanding of the business side of freelancing. I can strategically map things out. Um, my copywriting skill set and my business skill set has grown enough for me to feel more confident in what I charge or even charging more if that's appropriate at the time, et cetera. And when clients, um, for example, it doesn't happen very often, but when they be like, oh, you know, that payment's going to be late or uh, we don't, you know, for certain projects, ask for a portion of the payment up front or, you know, at stages or this or that. If clients would gently be like, oh, that's not our process. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes I'm like, nope, sorry. This is a process for this project. I will move forward once payment's received. And we're like, okay, and you get in 24 hours. Um, but I wouldn't have had the confidence beforehand. And now I feel like the CCA, <laughs> I feel like I'm really like amping up the confidence side, but it really did give me the confidence. Like, this is my CEO hat. I am the CEO of my business and it's taking it more seriously as opposed to this is something I do on the side. I happen mm-hmm. to freelance, you know, like this is my career. I'm in control of it. I'm the captain of this boat now. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, you are. And also having the confidence like you did the other day, turning down a project that couldn't meet your rate, which I feel like is equally sometimes challenging as, you know, negotiating for your rate, but also knowing when to then walk away. Yeah. Had it been honestly, even just one year ago, um, I would have been like, okay, no problem. And then not the client's fault, but I would have probably grown resentful of Mm -hmm. the work or of 
the client even um, because I felt, or not I felt, I, I would have been undercharging and it would have created a lot of negative feelings. Um, so to be able to say, thank you so much for the opportunity. I do truly want to work with you. We're just not in alignment right now over budgets. So I'm going to walk away and not feeling like I have to take any and every opportunity that happens to arise, whether it's scarcity mindset or lack of confidence. Well, and even just the way that you said that the, the, you know, we're just not in alignment on your budget. So you know, best of luck to you. I'd love to work with you, but, but this just isn't going to work. The, the energy in that is so it's, it's respectful, but it's both respectful of the client and also respectful of yourself. And it just such a a great energy to be working from. Um, I really want to commend you for that. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. No, I find once you, um, it takes time, but once you kind of get to that point of respecting your energy, respecting your time, um, um, you can get to the point where it's, um, thank you so much that we're not in alignment. This isn't the opportunity for me at this moment. If applicable, you could refer someone else um, that would mm-hmm. be a better fit yep. for them. Uh, if you don't happen to know anyone or you don't want to for other reasons, that's obviously fair. But, but not only being able to do it, but being able to do it and walking away, still feeling neutral to positive, not having any negative feelings towards them or like you missed out on something. Um, something I used to do like a year, year and a half ago was if something didn't work out, I would <laughs> I do the math in my head of how much money that would have been. And then I'd be like, I missed out on that. I'm now negative, whatever. And it's like, first of all, that money wasn't in your bank account to begin with. You're not negative anything. Mm-hmm. That wasn't your money. <laughs> but because I kind of get my hopes up um, and kind of in my head commit to the project, uh, because I was at a place of um, imposter syndrome in the negative way or like discomfort mm-hmm. with kind of um, running it as a business as opposed to um, a side hustle. I know when I say side hustle, I mean um, in the... Um, like I'm just freelancing, not you're working full-time and freelancing part-time that obviously is completely fine. But when people are like, oh, you're just freelancing on the side or you're, you're doing a couple hours, that kind of side hustle, where it's not like taken very seriously. Um, so being able to walk away from the experience, feeling neutral or positive, I think shows um, a lot of growth in terms of where the person, I love how I'm saying the person, like, is it me? Um, you are a new person. <laughs> um, in terms of um, where I'm at as like a business owner um, and being able to say like our businesses are not in alignment. Mm. We can reach back out if and when they are. Thank you so much. And it's just a business decision. It has nothing. Uh, it says nothing about me as a person, about my competence, about my likability, about my worth, because um, it would always really tug at that. It has nothing to do with that. This is my business to your business. They're currently not in alignment. Therefore, we're not going to move forward. Thank you so much. Like the end. <laughs> I love that. I love yes. so much of that. This is another yeah. point. Go back and re-listen to what she yeah. just said. <laughs> fantastic and then go back and save this episode so so good and and such a such a beautiful evolution as a professional to be in that place of of 
value of being able to disconnect the the self-worth from this is a business decision. And you're right. Things can be so much easier when it's, it's not, well, am I hurting anybody's feelings or was this money, but when it's just objectively, it does not make sense for my business to be interacting with this business for less than the standard rate. Yeah. And then too, you could be, if you did, if you, if you, um, made if you you made concessions to work with them at the lower rate then there's always the possibility that you could be factoring in what you could have been making if you've been mm-hmm. making working with a higher client or mm-hmm. a higher paying client or a client that pays at your normal rate or above so i think that's that's so wise so wise and insightful well and that's exactly it because if it, if it had been like a very small project you know maybe a day's worth of time mm-hmm. like you kind of fit it in like a month from now or something like that I probably would have been willing to because I did truly want to work with them so I'd be like fine I get the experience um, of this project mm-hmm. I get maybe a testimonial if, if they're okay with it and a, a portfolio piece um, but it was a, about 50% of my week and so the trade-offs of everything because it's not just um, it's lower than my rate. So I'm missing out on X money with that client, but because it's such a large portion of the week, I don't have the time to do the business development for the other clients. And so even if the work would be very exciting in some ways, it could have potentially led to being held back. And then that's when I was like, ah, so as a business, we're not even maybe staying where we're at. We're not moving forward mm-hmm. now. And so then, um, it's like, okay, this is not, this is not the vibe. <laughs> I love it. I love we it. need a new t-shirt. This is not the vibe. Yeah. This is not the vibe. I love it. That's fantastic. Um, so if someone has been hearing you and uh, they're thinking, wow, maybe this copywriting thing is something I'd like to get into, or, um, ooh, maybe I'm inspired to, to go full-time freelance, which I realize are two potentially very different situations, but is there one piece of advice that you could give them (laughs) that would work for every single person who could possibly be listening to this podcast? There you go. Very (laughs) easy. A very easy ask. No problem. That creative brief would never fly. (laughs) (laughs) Target audience, everyone. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. Fantastic. Um, That's a problem. Piece of advice. Um, uh, I, I have two pieces of advice. Um, the first one is never stop practicing. Um, Mm. you may get to the point where, yeah, maybe you hit six figures in six months. Um, hypothetically, (laughs) hypothetically, um, uh, you're, how do I phrase this? You're never too good to continue developing your skills. Um, we've all heard it. You should never be the smartest person in the room. Always keep practicing. When I get uh, direct mail, for example, um, I'll read over it and think through like how would I tweak this? Does it need improvements? Um, I get uh, e-newsletters, same thing. I'll go through them and think, oh, that's an interesting subject line, okay. Um, and I'll kind of like take five minutes while sipping my morning coffee to be like, how would I have tweaked that? It doesn't have to be super formal. Um, it could be little things like that um, or reading um, books. Uh, there's an entire um, reading list on the um, website and the podcast recommendations and stuff, but always kind of be developing your skills. And then the other piece of advice 
I would have. Um, <laughs> if this uh, podcast episode wasn't enough of a therapy session for everyone, um, a piece of advice I would have is if you are having any negative what if thoughts, like what if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? What if people you know, laugh at me or whatever your what ifs are for however many you come up, match it with at least one positive one. Mm. If you're going to put all this time and all this energy into negative self-talk, you owe it to yourself to flip it and put at least as much time and energy into positive self-talk. So what if I fail? You want to go worst case scenario, so long as you can kind of reel yourself back, go for it. What if you fail? Boom, 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 boom. That those are the potential worst case scenarios. What if I succeed? Boom, 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 boom. These are the best case scenarios. I did it one time when I was having a full-fledged panic attack on my kitchen floor <laughs> five months ago. I got my notebook out and I was like, I'm going for it. And I wrote down all my app, the bad what ifs, the negative self-talk. And I said, okay, match them to positive ones. Again, I'm visual. This helps me process things. Might not be for everyone. Um, but if you can match them to positive ones then you can take I can take a step back um, I find it helpful for others sometimes too to say okay well those those positive what ifs are are kind of looking pretty good (laughs) so maybe it's worth going for it so my two pieces of advice never stop practicing um always be learning and anytime self-doubt or negative self-talk comes up match the energy with at least the same amount of positive self-talk and then decide what you'd like to do next once you've been able to take a breather. I love that. So good. So wise. So yeah. good. So good. Um, Stacey, this really has been fantastic. Um, if someone is listening to this and they're like, Hmm, that is the vibe. I would like to hire her as my copywriter. See what I did there. Uh, what is your, what's your URL? How can they find you? Yeah. My website is Stacy Elaine communications.com. Um, uh, it's just S T A C Y. And then Elaine is E L A I N E and then communications. Um, dot com. Not to speak for the team, but uh, we'll put the show notes. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you, Stacey. It's quite a long it. URL. So <laughs> we got you. <laughs> yeah. Show notes. Awesome. Well, Stacey, this has been, this has been fantastic. So, so exciting uh, to see your successes and so helpful to hear your advice, what you've been through, the ways that you are growing. Um, I'm, I'm so excited for you and uh, just love to keep seeing the way you're heading. So um, thank you. Thank you for hopping on a call with us and sharing your story with, with the greater community. Much appreciated. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really fantastic opportunity. Oh, thank you. Our pleasure, our pleasure. And so with that, uh, we will catch everybody in the next episode. Bye everyone. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.